0: Hello, welcome to the Mostly Yoga podcast. With me, Aaron. That's my name. I am the, of course, the guest. uh, I'm the host of this thing. And uh, today, uh, as I sit in my room, the time is about 8 p.m. on a Wednesday. Uh, You know, I'm feeling quite creative. uh, Not creative, inspired. I'm feeling quite chatty today so i usually find moments like this then i'll start to record my intros and my outros for the 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 episodes so so like usually i will say i'll record with someone right i'll record with the guest and then one two weeks later when i when i'm free enough after i've done all the editing and then the editing consists of just you know tweaking the audio making sure that everything's all nice and smooth and nice and sound nice sounding and I get to listen, re-listen to the whole thing again so that I can write, pick up notes and think about what I want to write for the description at the bottom, think about something witty to say, think about something to sort of tie everything back together. And then when I am feeling again uh, a bit more creative, a bit more inspired, then I'll sit down. Like how I am right now in my room by myself. My mom's in outside. I hope she doesn't come in. I didn't lock my door. I didn't even close my door, it's, uh, she's like in the shower, so I thought I'll just quickly do this. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, so I'll sit, I'll sit down and I'll record the intro, I'll record the outro, and then usually I'll just sort of fucking talk whatever I feel like talking, but uh, <laughs> like, like what I'm doing now, I'm just fucking, uh, you know, off the top of my head kind of thing, which I think I'm getting used to, I quite like to just press record and just go. Uh, Some days a little bit easier than others, some I'm a bit like overthinking too much and I keep thinking about what I want to say and I start fumbling with my words, Uh, but yeah, it's all all good fun. I don't really, I don't really care anymore like you know, I just like to, to, to just chat, just, just ramble, helps me to ground my thoughts sometimes. Okay, so uh, we bring it back a bit, and now we'll talk about uh, my guest today, which is Nicole. Um, Oh, and I've been, like, getting a lot of, I've been, like, getting a lot of, (laughs) like, uh, people have given me feedback about how, like, my podcast can sometimes be quite heavy, and it's very, like, uh, you know, it's very heavy lah. Uh, which it, 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 sometimes it is. And I like, I like that kind of deep conversations. I like that kind of like, you know, very con, very contemplative kind of conversations. But, uh, this one today, uh, it was fun. It was, it was lighthearted, nothing too heavy. And I really enjoyed talking to Nicole. It was just us chatting, us sharing stories. And it, it was nice to get this chance to, to, to get to know her. You know, I really, Enjoyed chatting with her during this this episode, and she shared about her experiences with with the birth of her son and the she's pregnant again, so she's gonna pop out in number two. Um, we talk about how she balances her her practice with uh, yoga practice with her life. Talk about her experiences with labor and uh, a bunch of other stuff, which I'll list in the thing, the description at the thing somewhere in the chat and uh, not in the chat fuck in the what do you call that when you click on the thing and then there's a description it's there right go read it if you want um and I also feel like uh when I was chatting with her and she was kind enough to like entertain me because I'm always asking stupid questions like like ask her whether like she gave birth pain or not you know which obviously it is but I just i don't know why i'm just always so curious about how, how that that feeling feels like how does it feel to to be squeezing out a a, a baby out of your thing it's such a, something i just can't understand i can't even imagine it because there's nothing for me to imagine like if i if i ask you oh how does it feel like to get a tattoo you can i can sort of imagine it oh sharp sharp thing on my skin, because I have skin, I can imagine that. Or oh, how does it feel like, to, oh, you broke your hand or something. I have arms, I can imagine how that might feel if I break it. But then, how do I imagine like birth? You know, I'll never, as a, as a guy, I'll never be able to understand that. So I was just always very curious. And maybe I didn't ask it in a very... Uh, <sighs> a, 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 I didn't ask it in a very um, sensible way, I guess. It was quite blunt, but I, I mean, I don't know how to ask yet. But point being, like, she was very nice enough to share all that with me. And I really, I always enjoy l- l- learning about these things. I've been talking to a lot of moms recently as well. So interesting stuff. Uh, mm, yeah, you know what? Uh, let's just go into it as always. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you, I hope you ambulance. I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as I enjoy making it and doing it with her. Oh, and before I go into it, um, I forgot to mention if you are a long time listener of the podcast, uh, uh, and if you like what you hear, go to coffee.com slash mostly yoga to show your support. If you like to donate, uh, thank you very much in advance. And if you don't decide to donate, that's fine as well, because you can always just listen to this for free. As always, I enjoy making it, and I'll keep making it, uh, uh, you know, I'll just, uh, yeah, just just uh, you know, just a little plug for myself. Um, so again, thank you for listening, and feel free to follow me on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Okay, yes, back to the guests. So without further ado, here's my guest, Nicole. Enjoy. Okay. Uh, hello, Nicole. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I always feel very silly when I say it because we are. It makes it, it makes it sound like some serious thing, but we're just sitting on the floor with a mic in front of us. It's very low budget. Mm-hmm. But um, thanks for agreeing to do this with me. I think one of the reasons why I did want to ask you to come on was because that that I wanted to to feature a lot of the home teachers, and mm-hmm. recently I've been talking to a few of them, so. So that's nice, you know, I get to share what, like me being a, a, a teacher as well as a student, uh, I, like, I, I like the family here, so I want to, people to get to know people, right? Yeah. And um, like, I feel like you've been like quite quiet, you know, being in your own world and <laughs> stuff like that. So Quining. I've always wanted to get to know you. Yeah. And you seem like an interesting person from, from the classes I've been to and just my small interactions with you. So I guess this is one of those chances to get to know you and for people to get to know you also. Um, usually I'll start out with just like an, a very generic question of like, how did you start yoga? And 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 what brought you to the mat? What helped, what made you stay? And how has, how has yoga shaped you in your life and made you who you are today? So I guess we'll start with that.
1: Okay, um, thanks for having me <laughs> I've been hiding in my own little um, corner oh. um, so I probably fell into yoga accidentally maybe more than ten years ago. Um, I remember I started off with hatha. I was actually very scared of yoga and extremely scared of a chaturanga vinyasa. Mm. Uh, so I mainly just did hatha. it was static it was easy for beginners um, and not as physically challenging. So I got brought to a class, and then suddenly, you know, as people find that they grow to love the practice and, you know, what um, the practice can offer you deeper, and you kind of get into the motion of um, it's a physical practice, and then you kind of realize over the years, over time, that it can offer you a lot more uh, deeper connection and study of yourself. So then, after a few years, I ended up doing my teacher training.
0: With all this was in Singapore. Or?
1: In Sydney, hmm. um, and then I did my teacher training in 2017. So most of my yoga experience was with Hom um, yeah. in Sydney. So I
0: feel like oh, in Sydney, wow. yeah. So okay. I feel
1: like um, you know, Hom is like a home yeah, for me, yeah. and it's kind of grown me over the years. And I've seen a lot of um, myself change So the teachers that come through and the people that I've met through Hom. Hmm. And then now being in HOME Singapore, you know, it's just grown me through the the last couple of years. So it's it's a special place for me.
0: You started practicing in in Sydney, in HOME, like the HOME Sydney uh, branch a long time ago, 2017. Wow. Okay. How did you stumble into it? You just sort of went... Your friend brought you... I
1: think it was through a uni course uh, or a club and uh, then kind of like affiliation come yeah. and join this class and I'll say okay I would give it a shot I was doing a couple of different things I think I was probably 18 just started uni so just trying out a few things and were you very f-
0: active back then not
1: really, not really. yeah not really mm. so I was just trying to figure out you know what's exercise and what's health and well-being and um, you know just starting off my life after school
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then how how long did you practice before you took your TT?
1: Um, probably four years. four years. Yeah, around yeah. there, right? Yeah, around there.
0: Yeah, I think when I took my first TT also, so a couple of years, because when you first start, you don't really plan to... to no, yeah, I had yeah. no intention. Yeah. Or
1: it didn't even cross my mind that that was an option or a possibility. So, um, yeah, it presented itself to me yeah. and I was... Um, I think I was in my mid-20s and I was like, oh, okay, well... This is a time of reflection, and you know what am I doing with my life? I've now finished uni. I'm entering into the workforce, and um,
0: what do you study? Here?
1: I did a bachelor's of architecture and a oh, masters right. of construction project management.
0: So I've always
1: been in that um, that kind of male-dominated industry as well. Is it? So, yeah, because it's, it, it's a construction oh, industry. Okay, okay. So I spend a lot of time, like you know, on site on the construction right. site and. Um, typically, the teams are more male-dominated yeah. than females, and so at that point in my mid twenties, I had you know the drive to challenge all of these things and try and bring yoga and meditation onto the construction sites. Wow, so I did that sounds a, like a,
0: That sounds a bit challenging, huh?
1: I did a bit of that on on site as well, and yeah. I tried to um, integrate you know what my hobbies and interests were outside of work into the workforce um, during those years, those early years where I felt like I had energy. <laughs> you say until like
0: you don't have energy. Time. I don't have energy <laughs> But so, you were teaching the 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 construction people. I um, mean the workers there.
1: I was mainly teaching them guided meditation, uh, yeah, uh, on site. Uh, so, and I found that really fulfilling because yeah. you know you generalise you stere have your stereotypical you know construction site guys and um, in Australia so. You know, I wanted to try and change that and soften up the the interactions on site and how we approached things. So it was it was a good challenge for me.
0: Okay, okay. And then what what brought you to Singapore?
1: Uh, so we decided that we wanted the overseas experience, my husband and I. So we we said, you know, the world is our oyster. We can go anywhere we want. Uh, but my parents were living in Sing have been living in Singapore. So we thought, you know, it's a good uh, stepping stone to leaving Australia.
0: Well, uh, what's your what's your background? Are you you're Chinese?
1: Yeah, or? I'm Chinese. So uh, my my dad is from Penang, from Malaysia, uh, and my mom is from Hong Kong.
0: And then so you grew up in Sydney. I
1: grew. I was born in Sydney. I grew up in Sydney most of my life, and then um, my family moved to Hong Kong for work uh, in 20, 2002. So I was about 12. So I went with them for two years, um, and then I got sent back to Sydney for boarding school.
0: (laughs) Why why did you do
1: that? I was at at the Australian International School, so uh, it's quite a breezy experience there. So I was always supposed to go to this school in Sydney. I deferred it, instead chose to go to Hong Kong.
0: And what were you doing there for like two years, just chilling? I was
1: was with my parents. I was young.
0: Were you homeschooled?
1: no, I was at the Australian International School.
0: And then but you had to go back to Australia. Yes,
1: yeah, so and I went back to Australia. I went to boarding school and then... Wait, s- what is boarding school? It means that you stay at school, like you sleep at school. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. okay. So you, they've got um, like the normal school yeah. and then like the borders either coming because
0: from... Because the parents are overseas,
1: overseas or, or living in the rural country. Right. So then yeah. I went to boarding school back in Sydney. Yeah. And then from there, I continued uh, my uni and then I worked there a few years. And then that brought us to 2018, where we relocated to Singapore for work. So we got my husband and I got transferred through our companies. Uh-huh. Uh, you met in, in Sydney. Yeah, we met at uni.
0: Wow, one of those <laughs> high school uh, <laughs> Sweethearts from school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then you 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 guys decided to move to Singapore because you have roots here. And have you been to Singapore before? Yes, yeah, like, so my that?
1: parents have been here for. Fifteen, they live here, uh, yeah, they live right? here for like the last fifteen years, and because my my dad's from Malaysia, Malaysia originally, so, so we've got lots of family here, and we've always been coming here. Um, and since they were in Hong Kong for eight years prior to that, our family has always been quite mobile and mm-hmm. fluid. Well, that's um, nice? And Do you have
0: siblings? Yes. Yeah,
1: I've got one brother. He's in London at the moment. He's actually relocating to Singapore now. Oh, nice. So again, we'll Everybody's we'll back. finally be together <laughs> after. <laughs>
0: so yeah, many years it, yeah
1: because yeah, since i was 14 like we all just kind of went separate ways and then so now we'll actually be reunited as a family together and it's really special after you know the whole covid thing oh, yeah. to be together and
0: yeah that's true that's true okay okay
1: yeah so, so it's a bit yeah. confusing where I've yeah, i'm been trying to keep <laughs> with the timelines and
0: who's where and who's what okay okay what what did your parents do like that they were traveling a lot
1: uh, it was for my dad's work so he in the in the finance industry okay, okay.
0: yeah so so then you came to singapore and then do you just start like
1: yeah so i got transferred through the same company right. so i um just continued working it's an australian construction company uh and then uh joined home teaching team as well so i work full-time mm-hmm. for that company and then i also teach part-time where i can for home And then that's kind of the work that I do in Singapore.
0: You did you did TT right? Yeah. How?
1: Yeah, it was good. I think it was his first TT. Wow. uh, His first one. I think so. Yeah, from memory. Uh, He's obviously held a lot in Singapore, but I think it was his first one in Sydney. Oh yeah. First or second? Yeah, it was it was really good.
0: Special. How many people were in it?
1: I think it was probably like ten girls.
0: (laughs) <laughs> okay. He, I think he went a bit crazy with us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. So, how has your teaching experience been?
1: Uh, it's been good. It's different because of the the students are different in Australia and in yeah, Singapore. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tell me about that. Yeah.
1: So they're they're a little bit more. Um, they're probably looking for less of that physical yeah. challenge that's why um,
0: I, that's why I hear about um, that's why I hear from people uh, like comparing Singapore practice to overseas practice not yeah people yeah. go to yoga not for the not for a workout
1: yeah in Australia mm. I tend to not I tend to f- see that they're not going there for the workout right. um, here in Singapore people are super flexible and really? um, mobile so I don't know maybe it's the way that the heat or the humidity impacts the body when you're growing up I'm not sure like naturally right. I'm not I'm not flexy uh-huh. um so a lot of the poses are quite challenging and even if I can see that you know the student is not experienced or hasn't been practicing for a long time they can still get into a lot of these challenging um asanas because their body can allow it like the flexibility is naturally there
0: I guess I mean I guess the heat plays a part like, I remember uh Practicing yoga during winter in India on on least retreat, and it was very cold. That down was very challenging.
1: It takes a, a while for your body yeah. to wake up and get into and it. And it
0: felt weird also to not um, sweat when you were practicing. Mm. So we were always like, we were wearing like trousers and like where's my sweat? Yeah, <laughs> it's no, not it's coming very straight, out. Very strange, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's different that way. I feel like your body is always just ready and warm mm. here to just get into the practice in Australia like in winter you wake up and you're like oh it's so painful and yeah. my body is so, so sore yeah, yeah it's so achy so I think that definitely plays a, a role in the practice here and what what the students are able to achieve here
0: is, is that why hot classes are very popular overseas or at least during uh, with cold weather yeah right? that's
1: why I enjoyed the hot classes at yeah. home um, especially during winter um, yeah
0: okay so so you were teaching in Sydney first, and then when you came here, it was also like, yeah, I saw a teacher also. Yeah. And you noticed the shift in the students, or rather the crowd was different.
1: Yeah, so I kind of had to turn it up and kind of yeah. bring it faster. And um, I guess over the years, also trying to find my own teaching voice that was authentic to myself and, you know, can cater for the students. So. Um, yeah over the years just trying to adapt and I'm still adapting as well like I've, I've started to teach more like prenatal classes since I'm expecting um have, have been in second this, one second, yeah, <laughs> in this space so I kind of can relate to a lot of that and and the energy in those classes is softer um, uh, so, which
0: is what you naturally gravitate to
1: yeah now my, my practice is completely different to you know four years ago so for myself, my own practice is evolving and then my teaching also evolves. Yeah. Um, I can obviously, obviously, you know, if it's a vinyasa class, I'll, you know, teach to that. But if it's like a different group, like a prenatal class or a postnatal class, then, you know, I'll teach to that. So, But I explore, I've been exploring different aspects and paces of my practice as well.
0: You mentioned just now about your teaching voice and how you were trying to, you were finding it. How How is that? what, what um, how has that developed so far Like, do you feel like you have found your voice
1: yeah I think it's and, for and me how, it was it,
0: how was it before and now because you said
1: that
0: it was evolving right and is it I think also it's just this, like yeah.
1: projecting my voice confidently right. um, you know having that stability in my sound and my voice that range and tone um, and also trying to be clear with my cues and not give so many confusing cues, but yeah, also yeah. being selective and meaningful with what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just trying to explore how I can deliver something clearly and simpli- with simplicity. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think that's also something that is important. I think when I first started out teaching, so I was always saying a lot of things. I feel like I still say a lot of things now. So I, I, when I finish a cue, now I'll be out of breath now. Like, yeah. Uh, sometimes
1: I can hear myself and like all I hear is my voice rambling yeah. on and then you stop and think, like, what, why am I still talking? Yeah. Like, I could have just delivered that in yeah. one sentence rather than five. Um, and I feel like students kind of, oh, as a student myself as well, sometimes I zone out if I hear too many yeah. words. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just trying to be impactful. Yeah. Of, yeah. yeah,
0: that's true.
1: And even at work as well if I'm presenting or explaining something sometimes I feel like I'm rambling and you know how can I say that clearly and, oh, I ramble you know, all the time deliver, <laughs> deliver the message in one yeah. in one sentence so it, that's you know about finding not just the teaching voice but my speaking voice my yeah. presenting voice at work or a, you know professional voice that yeah. you know can can influence other people
0: so since uh, like, you related how your teaching has translated to stuff off the mat like in work mm. and all that yeah. what else has translated from on the mat to off the mat like in terms of your life or in terms of the way you see the world or how you interact or who you are as a person mm.
1: uh, that's a good question I feel like my practice has given me a lot off the mat yeah. um, I know that's can be lightly thrown around and easily easily say say, you know know, we as teachers we always say you know translate this off the mat and you know your practice and sometimes it doesn't get through to the students but for myself you know if I can speak clearly to a large group of students then I can you know take those um those small cues and tips and you know translate it to how I speak you know professionally at work or at home or you know, just in general, off the mat, um, and then you know, I find myself practicing like, how can I deliver this um, clearly? Say less um. You know, all these little things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And
0: uh, plus, you're more aware of like your your own habits, your like ears uh, and your arms, and like maybe some random. You know.
1: Yeah.
0: Have you always been good at public speaking, or were you like naturally? okay do you think I'm good at public speaking (laughs) (laughs) I'm not naturally good at
1: public speaking but through yoga I've had to learn to project my voice um, speak clearly and steadily and I I get the opportunity to practice that in the working world the professional world Um,
0: when you taught your first class how was that was it nerve wracking was you I think I just tried to I think I just tried to to shove that
1: (laughs) shove that memory in in a box
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I remember my first class. I def uh,
1: was it here? Was
0: no, it, it wasn't here, here. But it was horrible. It, I mean, I I remember planning a, a an hour class, and I like an hour sequence. But I finished it all in half an hour. You know that? You're I, like oh no! That oh no! And I, it was a peak post class, so I knew that I just needed fifteen minutes more because it was half an hour, right? Yeah. So I needed fifteen minutes more before I go into the peak post. Then. You can sort of dilly dally at a peak post. Okay, okay, just try this and you sort of leave it for a bit. Then you, okay, second side. So I know I needed to just buffer fifteen minutes. So how did you buffer
1: that? How yeah? You-
0: so I just random just pull pull stuff out from the air law, And fifteen minutes isn't long, but then when, but you when are, you're waiting for it, when you're new, when you're new and you don't know, you, you can't just pull things out right because I I don't know. Anything. You're like where's my
1: bag of tricks? Yeah,
0: because you don't have one. right? it's day one <laughs> of your of your of your teaching.
1: Was it a big class?
0: No, which is even. I don't know whether it was Pacific, good or bad because yeah. if it's if it's small, not it's like three people looking at you and I was like ah oh, so awkward. Um, but I just did random stuff like just warrior one or two and then vinyasa. <laughs> oh, you, you meant know? you were
1: performing random things? <laughs> just
0: random things, just like okay, like that didn't make sense. Like yeah. just okay, from here just just go here, just high lunge and uh, low lunge and whatever. And I just pulled something out that didn't make sense, and then when it came to the peak pose, I was doing birds of paradise. So while I was demoing, I was nervous. and I was falling around, you know, that kind of thing. That everybody's looking at me. Then okay, uh, now okay, try. Then afterwards, left side. Okay, try. Then then cool down. And then I think one guy that was in my class, he was a teacher. Uh, and then he, he after class he said like, I didn't realize this was your first class. I said, like, Are you sure or not? You don't lie to me, bro. Like it it was it went horrible. But he said no, I don't I don't feel like it. It wasn't. It wasn't
1: I couldn't tell that.
0: So I like, okay. At, at, so you really don't know what what is sometimes it's all in your mind, and you don't know what people are receiving. Yeah. But to me, I definitely felt like that class was horrible, and I. But it helped me to then improve a little bit to to make those mistakes at the early part, which all of us do, and then try and refine your yourself along the way. Um, yeah, that was my first class, and it took. How long, long ago was that? Four four years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Wait, four years ago. Yeah, four, five years. Yeah. Three, four, right. five <laughs> <laughs> Around there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then, what was I... What did I want to say? I had something funny else I also wanted to say. Oh, yeah, well. So, when you did your first class...
1: I don't think I can even remember. Uh, it was... I think it was a it must have been a community class at home I think it was like one guy turned up wow I think it was easier that it was just one person um I think he was a random so I didn't even know him (laughs) so I just you know did I can't I can't remember honestly but
0: over one person yeah okay
1: so that was my first class and I actually taught at a different studio in Sydney as well um and they had just opened up yeah it was called Hot Dog Yoga.
0: Well, I love it. <laughs> I love that name.
1: <laughs> and um, I think I found the confidence there because I was helping the studio like grow. There was, yeah. you know, it was a brand was new, a new studio, studio that just opened. The students were new. There was no expectation. There was a lot of beginners. Right. It's a new community. So I, I guess I kind of built up some confidence there. And then shortly after that, I moved to Singapore. And then I had to quickly, you know, adapt my teaching style and voice to the students here at home who are, you know, very experienced and well-practiced.
0: When you were, like, going back to the question of how things on the mat translated to things off the mat, uh, did you have to, like, prepare for anything before your first class? Like, so, like, when I... Taught, before I taught my first class, I knew that um, there was certain, I, I knew that I had to, I had trouble, you know, speaking to a crowd and how I, how I tried to overcome that was I went to an improv class because like improv is like, it's not something I, I usually do. What, what happens there? So it's, it's quite interesting. Um, my friend, uh, one of the front desk at the yoga studio that I practiced at, she was, so she was a, she was an uh, actor or something, like she was involved in that scene, so she, she asked me to try out improv. So I went to a class, I uh, went to like a course, it's like three, two weeks or something, and then they would make you like, just sort of, it's like adult imagination playing, so we would like fight with imaginary swords and <laughs> like nothing, it just makes you look silly, yeah. but you're comfortable in your own skin and then uh you have to sort of like do you know do you watch like Whose Line Is It Anyway? Do you know what that is? It's like mm. a it's just like a improv sketch show thing yeah. where people just say okay now you're on your you're, you're on the moon and you are a alien and he's the spaceman and mm. the the scene is you have to run away from him or something like that. So you you create a scene and then you have to play it out. So it was just a silly thing to do to, to do but it helped me to gain a bit more confidence.
1: Break down the walls. Break
0: down the walls and to just notice like your thinking a little bit more. So like sometimes when you know when you teach you are pacing around or you're
1: like, Yeah, even if just, you walk around too many, yeah, yeah, yeah. up and down, up and down, then that affects it affects
0: people. Yeah. Uh, or if you're just standing in one spot and just talking and the guy at the corner can't really hear you. Like small things like that where I felt um I needed to to learn and I needed to be aware of and I needed to manage that to really hold space yeah did you have to do anything like that or was it just something natural for you
1: I think it was natural for me some of that self awareness stuff I just I really had to do some work on it as well Mm -hmm. like you know when you enter the room how are you standing how do you say hi how do you introduce yourself and then As, as like you said, the pacing, or am I standing in a corner too much, or you know, how do you hold yourself in that space physically, and then how do you project your, your sound uh, vocally? I mean, it as teachers, like it's there's a lot to multitask at the same time to deliver a, you know, a like a good or effective class.
0: There's a lot of things to watch out for.
1: Yeah, it's not just. Uh, not just talking it's not just the yeah. sound that's coming out of your mouth it's also your face as well yeah. so you could you know be scrunching out your face looking really uncomfortable and yeah. that also projects to the students yeah, right? as well like if you look like you're about to cry then <laughs> 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 then the students are like what's going yeah. on there
0: okay okay um how has being a mum changed your practice
1: uh it's it's definitely changed a lot it's soften my practice up a lot yeah. and myself as well uh, i used to practice a lot like a lot a lot maybe two classes every single day yeah. um and then i'll do like my gym and strength training cardio i, I did a lot um, and obviously having kids you know during the first pregnancy um, you have to kind of learn to turn it back uh, to support you know the baby that you're growing your the changes in your body um, and that's not something you can control, you know. So before I had all of this control over my body, over the decisions that I make, but then suddenly it's all taken away, and you have to, you have this new sense of responsibility for the child that you're growing. So I really had to pare that back quickly. Um, it was easier for me for the first uh, pregnancy because of COVID. So you know, it's just, I'm not yeah. allowed to go outside. <laughs> yeah. I'm not allowed to, you know, go to the gym or go go to the studio. So I really could just, like, nurture myself in that softness at home, you know, Mm -hmm. turning into a home practice and, um, yeah, it was, actually COVID has been a a blessing for my family um, to help me transition into this motherhood space.
0: Because of the, that forced pause there.
1: Yeah. So, and it's, it's been a great experience. Um, My husband and I always say, like, we're so grateful and lucky to be able to stay at home with. Um, with our son, with Jordan, um, and spend all that time with him. Uh, and obviously now through flexible working and a flexible lifestyle, you know we right. can support him and be there for him. So.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's. I've, I think after COVID, things a lot of things has changed. When you when you realize like yeah, I don't need to go to the office to work anymore. When everybody's on Zoom and and yeah. you can do you can work remotely, and when we when I think back on it so like a lot of jobs you don't need to be at the office most yeah. of the time you just go there and you okay you open your laptop you, you do your work yeah. and then you leave but like I never needed to be there anyway you know mm. you so, had an
1: office job before
0: yeah I mean everybody did uh, <laughs> <laughs> before pre-yoga I I mean I wasn't even it wasn't really like an office uh, I, I I was
1: but you're required to be somewhere and show up to because something, that's, right? that's
0: yeah that's the norm one. Mm. It wasn't like a office office but it was still like a, a space that yeah. you showed up and then you went to work with, right you go yeah. to work <laughs> but then now like you can do work anywhere and you know and i think now so there's a reason to stay at home where you can just say oh i'm not comfortable right like my mom's place you can just say like, oh i'm not comfortable going back yet i feel unsafe so i'll just stay at home yeah or if you have certain like kids or whatever you can just stay at home which is fine Or oh yeah, yeah my cousin oh, my dad had COVID, so I can so just many stay Yeah, you can just stay home.
1: <laughs> I think you just become more intentional with um, the, time. the time and yeah. the outing, especially because, you know, as a, a mother now and a working mother, I don't have much time, yeah. like free time to be, you know, just catching up with.
0: Just commuting or so, yeah. you know, going back it, and forth. It takes like yeah. one hour.
1: Like if you go half an hour somewhere and then half an hour back yeah. home, then it's one hour and I could have been spending that one hour yeah. with, with my son. Or resting um, for this second baby, yeah. so you just be become more intentional with how you spend your time and who you choose to meet up with and yeah. why you're meeting up with them or why. Which you should,
0: you know, at, at a certain age, we 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 can't just be wasting our time and meeting random people. But that's
1: because we're at this age. It's I true. also feel yeah, a little bit bad for the people who are starting off their life and trying to find their feet. Yeah. You know, when you're 18 and um, and then the whole
0: world locks down. You yeah, can't well go that's, anywhere. You that's be unfortunate.
1: Um, but for I think our age group I think it's It was a good time To reset And reflect on You know the Why you did Why am I doing this And Who am I doing that for And
0: I think I'm glad that you had A good experience With COVID <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even had COVID yet So oh, Hey Don't jinx it <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, did, I did not enjoy you didn't? COVID. didn't? It was the worst time of was my a, life. It, it was isolating. It was isolating. It was boring. And I, I was on my trip before so that I was forced to come back. Then a lot of things happened and like, I, I fucking hate, I hate wearing the mask all the time. Yeah, you know? the
1: mask is hard.
0: I, I fucking hard. hate it. And then like coming back to the studio, like social distance and, and wear masks to practice and wear masks to teach that drove me nuts. Uh. But then I mean... It's slowly we're moving past that now. The world is sort of healing again, even though there's still like, like yeah, you can you have to wear masks when you go in, but you outside or whatever are like, All these mm. arbitrary rules, but at least it's some sense of going back to normal again, and I can feel the world healing again. So
1: I think it will take another couple of years.
0: Yeah, yeah. Still, there are there are still like you know, oh someone has COVID, so we got to lock down everything again. But at least it's going back to normal. Yeah. In that direction, hopefully. Or like a
1: hybrid normal. Yeah, yeah.
0: We'll we'll see. Um, Is there any difference of this pregnancy and the first pregnancy?
1: A lot. (laughs) Like
0: a physical Um, difference, a mental difference? Are you more prepared for it now?
1: In some aspects. Well, physically... Uh, I was just sharing with another friend outside Sheena, Sheena.
0: <laughs> <laughs> lovely Sheena she hopefully I asked her to come on before she said yes and then after she's shy she said okay give me some time so hopefully at, at when, if she's listening to this she, when she's ready she'll she'll pop you know, she's welcome <laughs> on
1: yeah I was sharing with uh, Sheena just outside that I didn't realise how much I had not healed uh, from the pregnancy and birth of Jordan Okay. Um. So before I got pregnant with Jordan, I was you know very active, very fit,
0: uh,
1: young, and and energetic. Still. <laughs> and uh, I had Jordan. It was a really pleasant and you know non-complicated pregnancy. Hmm. And then I had a natural birth. Uh, and
0: what does that mean, natural birth? So like natural, not at the hospital.
1: Uh, at the hospital, but a natural delivery. Okay. Uh, and then I healed. Uh, I thought I did, and then I went back to. I tried to go back to my exercise, and you but know, the body felt different. I didn't realize it at the time, and I thought that you know everything had just gone into place. Oh. Um, aesthetically, I could see that you know my my body had you know recovered in a way, until I'm now um, carrying my second baby, and I feel that I have so much more pain and pressure tightness in my hips my lower back my pelvis my pelvic floor muscle everything is just you know it feels like it's falling out okay so then I went to see physio and actually the recovery that I thought I'd have done um, was not a hundred percent which is why I'm feeling a lot of pressure and um heaviness in this pregnancy uh obviously my energy is completely like swiped out by a Jordan, um, being nearly two years old. So constantly on my feet and chasing him around right. and, um, just trying to emotionally give to him as well while I'm trying to you know, grow another baby. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. So it's been more challenging. I've been more busy this time around,
0: right.
1: but I kind of know what to expect. And, um, I think I'm just ready to cherish those initial weeks and months, uh, after the the baby's um delivered and that's that that really raw and special time with the baby and not thinking like you know when is this going to end and, not freaking out. Though. yeah is am i going to get sleep again and that whole like early motherhood postpartum um phase yeah. like i know what to expect and i know that it the time goes so fast and jordan's already two and you know where has this time gone so i know that you know things will not stay forever and this phase will not last forever and it's just about supporting um supporting the child and being there for for them to grow and nurture from you know a one week old baby to a six month old baby to to a two-year-old toddler like they're just constantly evolving and changing and the role as the mother or the parent is to be there and hold space for them to support them so that they're safe, to, they feel safe to do it, mm. so I'm ready for it this time around.
0: Ooh. Wow, that's so confident, I'm glad, I'm glad.
1: I'm a bit nervous because every baby is different yeah, as yeah, well, yeah. so Jordan was, you know, he he's like an angel baby, he was so good, yeah. um, just a breeze, uh, and I felt that I could see him as a person quite early, could sense his personality and his energy really early, so... I don't know if that's like the yoga that I've done to kind of be more mindful and look out for these things but I felt that we had I could see that he I could see him as a person from very early on which helped me understand what he wanted
0: it's a very interesting thing to say it's a very like instinctual motherly thing that only you would probably be able to Mm. to experience
1: yeah so and I asked a lot of doctors and pediatricians like when does the personality show and they say you know when they're two years old three years old you can kind of see the character and the personality but now looking back on when jordan was born till now he's two years old the energy is the same Mm. he's the same person if you can identify and pick up those small cues that he was giving as like a one week old baby it's still the same energy he still does the same like funny faces
0: have you have (laughs) have you spoken to other mothers about this and whether they felt The same connection with their one-week-old baby, whether they were. It really depends
1: how where the mother is at that time, because it's a really full-on period. You know, the first four to six weeks. um,
0: Very intense.
1: Yeah, it's very intense. It's very raw, Mm. and you're dealing with a lot of hormones, and you know, postpartum depression and baby blues and all of that stuff I had yeah, a bit you're
0: of you just exhausted uh, right? yeah, pop out squeeze out that thing yeah, yeah and you're
1: like what I have to look after this yeah. thing like it's my responsibility um, I did have a bit of like baby blues mm. the first month because um, there's a lot of change and you just suddenly throw in this baby that like, you need to look after mm. this this baby all by yourself and who deemed it me daunting, right? who deemed me responsible yeah. for this
0: <laughs> yeah
1: but um after I got through those, you know, those early weeks and started to give myself that space to uh, connect with with Jordan and get to know him, mm-hmm. then then you can really start to see and be present there for him, see his personality, see his character, and start to nurture him through those months and years now. And yeah, he's he's the same he's the same a baby as you know mm-hmm. when he first came out till now. So yeah, so I'm a bit nervous about. Mm-hmm the character of this baby obviously I can't control it but yeah. you know I'm just aware that everybody every person every soul is different um,
0: so yeah. are you able to sense the character of the baby before it's born like say now when it's in your belly is there any instinctual way to sense how he is gonna be
1: I try to, but I don't want to put uh, too much pressure on no. myself or on the baby to tr- try and control the energy. I'm right, just, I'm just feeling the kicks. I'm feeling, feeling how it's growing. It's, it's starting to move around a lot. Yeah. Um, the last eight weeks, I've got eight weeks left. So I'm just trying to allow the space to, in my womb to grow. Um, not trying to, you know, dictate. Oh, you're an energetic baby or yeah, you're yeah. you're active oh, or you're gonna be naughty yeah because you
0: know? yeah. that was that was the question I was trying to ask but I guess it makes sense to not even know yeah, I don't like, want yeah, to, to like put to a,
1: a title or yeah, word yeah, on yeah. it yeah. just you know when it comes out and then that's it and
0: yeah.
1: that's who you are and then yeah. you know I'll be... there's nothing
0: you can do about it yeah. and you just have to accept it and just love it yeah okay, okay. um what have you learned from Jordan
1: Um, a lot I mean like it's they teach you a lot Uh, I think when you're observing like the way they're learning and exploring things you kind of pull back and pull back all the things and like you you see them and they're completely present in that moment that they're they're trying to understand this thing or this concept and i really just stop i put down my things and i'm just sitting there with him and i'm watching him i help him if he if he asks for help and i just hold space for him to to just learn Integrate and understand. And, yeah and He's sort of
0: integrating into the and world. it makes
1: me stop and put down my things nice. and not try to multitask and often i am trying to multitask and do so many things at the same time but I'm mindful that you know Jordan is trying to understand this concept like I don't know pull it, pulling tissue out of a box and he's fully concentrated and focused on it and I should be concentrating and, and focusing on him 100% as well so I learn these things just you know pair it all back and just focus on that one task or that one thing that that I should be so I see that you know it's like pure concentration he can he the other day he just sat down and was coloring in for 20 minutes i mean for like a not even two-year-old toddler i find that really like um admirable just to be able to focus on you know that one color pencil for 20 minutes
0: I mean, as, as an adult now, I can't focus on yeah. anything. Yeah, he's got better <laughs> concentration everything, than me. Everything is like zooming in and out. Like yeah. I'm looking at my phone, I'm looking at this, like when I'm walking, I'm looking at this, the lights and everything. Yeah. To and sit then, down and do something for 20 minutes and just be in that moment.
1: And I feel like with COVID, we're now released into the world again. So we're back on, you know, a fast forward, you know, trying to be everywhere, do everything. Um and where's that slower life gone? and where's that that focus and intentional decisions gone? So I find that through Jordan I can I'm reminded to slow down and I can't do everything. I you know, I forget a lot of things. I find that I do these days with pregnancy and with Jordan and just trying to multitask a lot of things. You know, I have to remind myself to just walk slower and I'll get there and it's not that's there's no rush. It's not the end of the world if I'm yeah. five minutes late or if I just double-check this. So he reminds me that, you know, he's the main responsibility and I can't be doing all of these things that I used to do and I need to be intentional with what what I'm doing at that point, do it slowly, do it mindfully, and, and just get it done properly mm. or else I'll forget everything.
0: Yeah, that's true. Interesting. I can definitely see how watching like a baby pull out tissue and being or coloring and just being i mean it's not that the thing that he's doing it's how he's present doing those things where he's not distracted and he's really just focusing on something so simple doing it so mindfully like oh what is this because it's so new to him and and as adults i guess we forget how to be present and i think the moments that i do feel like i'm really present is maybe when I'm on the mat, when I'm practicing yoga or when I'm doing something that I really enjoy. But it's it's getting harder and harder as you get older and the world is just, you know, the wall. Even sometimes when I'm on the mat, I, I can still get lost in my own thoughts. So I really try and like focus and stuff like that. Yeah, but, but to be able to see kids, like just be kids, that's so nice. Yeah, it yeah. just
1: reminds me every day that, you know, these are the things that you need to prioritize on Mm. just stop and yeah
0: Mm. (laughs) Uh, I like I like that okay let me see do I have anything else to ask do you have anything you want to ask me Mm. does it does it hurt (laughs) That's a silly question does it it hurts right when you give (laughs) (laughs) it hurts
1: yeah, you feel like you're going to yeah. die.
0: <laughs> but you'll do it again now. I mean. like. It's I,
1: I realize that the pain, if you want to call it pain yeah. or the surge or the contractions for whether your labor is 16 hours or 20 or 4 hours, yeah. those hours of pain... <laughs> Is not comparable to the challenges that you'll face after. Wow. As a a mother.
0: That sounds scary though. Yeah.
1: So for me, I'm willing to go through that labor again because I know that it's temporary. That Uh, pain is temporary. Right. Comparing to the challenges you'll face after. Wow. And it's not just challenges with healing your body or breastfeeding. Like the challenges don't stop and they keep evolving. Yeah. So I feel like that, that, is, that outweighs the pain and well, the pain no. of delivery is not actually something that needs to be considered okay. so much. Obviously, I was scared uh, with leading up to my first yeah. uh, delivery, but it's something that can be overcome physically.
0: And having gone through something like that, where like, you know, people have always said that that's one of the worst pains to feel.
1: You definitely feel like you're, <laughs> you're about to die.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine it. I, can re- I really, literally, I can't imagine it, what, right? Because to, 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 I really can't imagine it like something coming out of you.
1: I mean, it's like a natural process. So yeah. your body is doing what your body is yeah. supposed to be doing. And it's not even something that you can control. It's just happening. Like, So the labor will just start naturally. For me, it started naturally with like, what felt like period pain so just cramping in the stomach and it got pretty um it went pretty fast when I was laboring at home um don't know if you want to have the details here but you know then I started bleeding and vomiting then I decided okay this is time to go to the hospital now so then I went to hospital and I labored a little bit more in the delivery room there uh, probably for three Did hours. Did your water break? It broke in the hospital. In I hospital. think they broke it
0: there. They, you can just you can.
1: You can <laughs> feel it. It's like you Why is there so yeah. much water everywhere?
0: As in, they break it, or yeah, they can. They can. They can. They can break agitate it. it. up?
1: Yeah. So okay. I think they can just pop it.
0: And what does it mean when you break the water? Like that means the it's about to come or something.
1: Yeah, the fluids or draining right. out. And oh, then, yeah. so I opted for epidural. Which is the thing—the needle bit, in yeah. the back—so uh, that actually slowed down the whole
0: uh, Cause you're progression. because you're not because you're not able you're not to move.
1: You're, you're you're still contracting, but you can't feel it, like um, the pain, yeah, I guess. Pain uh, so that actually s- slowed down the progression um, to dilate to ten cm, mm. which is where you when you're supposed to birth okay. the baby at ten so your your cervix is starts at like 2 cm and then your labor will progress and then right. when it's 10 centimeters that's when the baby's baby's head can come yeah. out so it actually slowed down that process uh, and then when it was 10 cm time to push uh, the with time to push jordan out then i was probably pushing for 45 minutes and that was the biggest core workout that i've ever done in my whole life <laughs> Uh, like it was so long. Like it's imagine doing call, like call it's like, uh, for forty five minutes. Like
0: and it can be longer, so right. This yeah, is the can, so you were in labor for forty five minutes. No, I was like in
1: labor for sixteen hours. Then that's like from the first contraction. Once you okay, and then the last forty five minutes is when I was pushing. Wow, so it's exhausting. Eh? Yeah, so then that's why I opted for the epidural because I. Fuck I that. thought, like, yeah, I just, can't, yeah. I'm not going to have the energy yeah. six hours later to push to push Jordan out if I don't have a rest.
0: And you are, your husband's with you all the way, right? Yeah, all the way. Okay.
1: In the delivery room. Um, and then, yeah, so it's the biggest call work I, I've done in my yeah. whole life. I had, like, three nurses in the room.
0: Like cheering you on. Yeah, <laughs>
1: literally cheering me on, like, go, oh, go, go. And then my husband was there and... Um, yeah so then he came out and yeah. yeah here he is <laughs> he just came out <laughs>
0: it's like alright
1: it feels like an octopus sliding out
0: yeah. like, like,
1: as soon as the head comes out then everything just yeah. starts coming out the arms and the legs like it's a very strange feeling
0: how did you how did that feel like
1: like a huge sense of relief yeah because I mean he's trying to come down the birth canal yeah. which is you know so narrow and all this pressure yeah. you feel a lot of pressure in your bum like when it's um time to push and you're just trying to trying to push with the contractions with the surges and then as soon as his head pops out then it's like that relief and you feel and then maybe you push like two or three more times and then the body starts coming out and it feels like an octopus is falling out of your your body and then once it's out then i guess that pressure that you've been feeling for the last how many hours or um or days even because you can be in labour for a few days then that is released from your body and you know you no longer feel that pressure trying to come out
0: does the pain immediately stop?
1: <laughs> are you scared? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. are you I'm just, scared, just curious scared like, of
0: the pain <laughs> I'm very scared of pain yeah but like I, I I mean like it's so, it's just so
1: I think there's so many emotions after yeah. that it becomes a blur and you can't I can't even remember what I was feeling physically as soon as he was placed on my chest, because all oh, I can see is him. Because you're just exhausted, you yeah. like,
0: like shell-shocked, yeah, like the you're grenade like, went off and like <laughs>
1: What's going on? And he's like, you're holding this new baby, he's on your chest and there's just a lot to consider yeah. that I don't even know. Like, and then I had to get a few stitches. Like, yeah. You don't even know what's going on with your body because you're too focused yeah. on this baby that just got placed on your oh. chest. Yeah, but to answer your question it's quite painful. (laughs) You get you get past it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Is there so like so pre post post baby post post if it's all popped out, all all good, then you go home the next day. And then when you were when you were like you were home, you were resting and the the few days leading up to it, what did you feel that you needed the most or like so you were feeling baby blues and you were overwhelmed and all that what was the i guess this was like a, a an advice for future potential mommies to be what helped you th- pull through or what like say say mm-hmm. if, say if, uh, advice for even like um your husband like what could he have done better or something to help you make you feel more comfortable after that period.
1: Yeah. Um, what I really needed after birth was just support. You left alone.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, don't leave me alone. Okay, okay yeah. <laughs> uh, I think support is a huge, right. um, a huge thing. You really need your support network and yeah. I know a lot of people can't have their families with them. At that time when I had Jordan I was still staying with my parents so actually having them around was so good for my healing um and I felt like I always needed somebody around me um to not feel so isolated and by myself just caring for this baby and I was breastfeeding so you know
0: the logistics of it uh, yeah he just he just needed
1: he just needed me um and I think it can be isolating if you're just left by yourself with a baby you know being your your sole responsibility so having that you know that support network like i'm here for you and you know just here's the water here's you know a cup of tea is really helpful for your healing um and you're not just healing like physically like obviously emotionally. You're, yeah obviously you're still bleeding and and there's wounds and stuff yeah. but i think emotionally you have to heal as well from you know what if you if your birth was traumatizing? You have to work no, through that. No, no, you know, sure. some people do have you know traumatizing experience.
0: What 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 constitutes as a traumatizing experience?
1: For me, it wasn't that traumatizing, but <coughs> you know, you can go down a route where they can't get their baby out, or the baby's in distress, an emergency C section, like all of these things can factor towards you know being traumatized in at that certain event. So, while you're at home healing, I think it's important to have, you know, or obviously the nourishing food and being able to rest, you know, have your nap times and um, not feeling alone and having family or your partner or your support network around is really important. Um, and I had, I did to have the um, confinement soups, my my mom made it for me and that I felt was super nourishing for my soul, okay, for my okay. body and just having those herbs was super warming for me and you know just having that available, um, you know a nice bowl of soup to have you know t- two or three times a- in that day, a different soup for 28 days was just really nourishing for me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I expect it the second time around, <laughs> yes. better be actually I'm looking forward to it because yeah. I do like those soups. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> That I want us. Is there anything else like to take note of?
1: As a new mom. As
0: a new mom, yeah. Just in general, like say, say a, a new mom is listening to this now, <laughs> and she's she's sitting there with her baby, she's freaking out, she doesn't know what to expect, and this is now the advice.
1: The, the ultimate the advice. M- ultimate I advice. <laughs> Don't feel that I'm in a position to give <laughs> that ultimate advice.
0: From your perspective, from your experience, I guess.
1: Yeah. I think it's just reminding yourself that time will pass and it will not be forever that you're going through this challenge or this struggle with, you know, breastfeeding or, you know, why does the baby always need me every half an hour or why won't he stop crying? Like, the, the time will pass and you will, you know, get your life back eventually Um, and actually it's no rush to you know if you want to get your life back but just to to value this this moment right now even if it's hard even if the baby's screaming and you just need to take a breather and walk away like it's not it's not the end of the world and this time will not it's not permanent Mm -hmm. so there was a period that I was you know having the nap life so, like, the baby needs to feed every two, three hours. So it means that you never get so like a solid sleep because you're waking up every two, three hours. And for some reason, your body just is able to function off that. And the the baby and the connection that you have with your baby, the journey will help you get through those, those days where you think that you can't function because you've had no sleep, literally. Um, and then you also... I feel like your social circles also change. Your support network, you know, outside of your family, your friends, other new mums—like they come into your life almost naturally, without yeah. even, without you even trying, because uh, you're all experiencing the same thing, yeah. and you don't even need to explain. You just have that instant connection.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and you know, I think in the early early weeks and months you're on a different schedule to everybody else. So there's like a whole new world at like between 12 a.m. and 5 a.m. where the moms are just awake. Like, <laughs> and you, you can see like who's online and who's like... Oh, so
0: strange. Who, like, so interesting. Who's on
1: WhatsApp or Instagram. And you just find yourself talking to them at like yeah. 2 in the morning, being like, hey, so I'm yeah, up. Yeah. I'm you pe- too? Yeah, yeah. Too. yeah I'm feeding yeah. baby now. And that's where you have those... You know those really deep connections yeah. and you have those new friendships with new mums and wow. new people because there's a you know while you're having your deep sleep cycle number two or three like we're awake and there's this whole new world that is awake mm-hmm. and sometimes if you don't have that initial support network you can be sitting there feeding the baby and just staring out the window thinking i'm all alone mm-hmm. i'm the only one in this world awake but actually there's as you know thousands of people out there doing the same thing and you're all you're not you're not alone so when you find you know those those people in your life you know it, it's actually quite funny mm. like oh baby work up again yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it just put it would just put him down like half an hour ago, but he's, he's awake now it's like a
0: it's like a something to bond everybody this yeah. experience
1: yeah so you make really special connections, connections. and friends, friendships yeah. through that um, and and you know you cherish them as as new mums and now second time mums and you're going through that new that second wave now and like going through and sharing your experience being a second time mum or what what it's like to have two kids or three kids and yeah it's it's a whole journey in itself it's it's amazing and it's really special
0: yeah okay okay
1: are you planning to have kids of yourself, <laughs> your own <laughs> of oh. <laughs>
0: I don't think so. I mean, I feel like I I I've never been one to like kids. But then I think ever since I started like here, like ever since I started working at home and like the kids are everywhere. Yeah, like <laughs> you know? Everyone's
1: having everyone's
0: having babies. babies. Um when I was at RP I would hang out with, with Mel's kids and we'll play chess and everything. Mm. Then I'll you know, Merlin brings the kids here, you bring bring Jordan to VP that day there's just kids everywhere right and there's kids class so they're running around so like I get to interact with the most amount of kids ever in my life while I was teaching at home because I I never got to right and I I like to play with kids for some reason I think it's because I'm also one Mm. uh, (laughs) and I've even thought of like doing a kids yoga thing but then I don't think like it's just a thought and I don't think I would I guess I don't know.
1: Maybe you need to give it some more years for it yeah, to kind of
0: but then, be the right time. But I don't see myself having kids. having your own. Yeah, I don't think. I think the world has enough people, enough kids, <laughs> enough people. I've, if if it really came down to it, I might adopt, but I don't think I would make my own. You know, <laughs> just make my own. Maybe my own. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how. Huh? You know, the world has the universe has, has plans for you, right?
1: Yeah, you
0: never know what's around the yeah. corner. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> well I mean I'm, I'm not I'm not manifesting it right now. <laughs> I don't want any kids right now. But we'll see. I don't uh I don't reject anything, you know, whatever comes comes.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. I think like the when I was talking to Amber on the podcast, also she was telling me all these like crazy stories you know a lot of like pregnancies and, and the connection that the mother and the, the baby has and it was very interesting and I was, I felt like I was asking her a lot of like s- stupid questions from a guy's perspective and I guess I'm still asking like are you paid or not you know like, <laughs> but it's still interesting to hear everybody's different you know it's all different it's well, I think
1: like yeah. guys don't really ask like men don't really ask women
0: we don't other get the chance to, but like, I don't yeah. get to sit down it's with a, like and a mom um, and like, how's, how is it a bit or not, you know, like I wouldn't get that yeah, and opportunity. You, if, you,
1: if you do podcasts with, you know, all these different um, people at home who are obviously, you know, surra- you're surrounded yeah. by this community, then you're getting so many different insights yeah, and yeah. stories. Like, I, don't, I think that is very different to any other guy who, it's not a normal question you would ask, yeah. you know, a, a random person. Yeah. female on the street hey how was your birth <laughs> you point at them hey, tell me about that? your birth <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah so thanks thanks for sharing thanks for being open about it
1: yeah Yeah. no problem
0: <laughs> um, do you have any final words final things to say
1: not really I'm just in the nesting um, period now just waiting sort of waiting it out kind of waiting yeah. and preparing are myself pra-
0: are you still practicing
1: yeah I'm trying to keep on my practice because I have you know, all these uh, injuries, I guess, from the previous pregnancy that I'm feeling, like the back pain and um, pelvic pain pressure. I something. guess
0: the fact that you're still practicing eight weeks before you're supposed to pop, it's I'm it's trying, still all right. Yeah. right? Yeah. I'm trying.
1: Yeah. I'm putting in a lot of effort to I think to most keep...
0: people would chill already, like...
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm taking even more of a step back in my practice. Yeah. Obviously, the physical practice is getting hard for me yeah. as the weeks the days and weeks go by um, but i'm just trying to hold on to it as long as i can because i know that it's good for my body i mean it's good
0: could, to it's good to move and yeah. like, loosen it up a bit as well.
1: and ha- having a if you're planning for a natural birth it's like a physical workout so it's not you're
0: training yourself as yeah well. it's, it's not, like preparing for a marathon. Uh, right? exactly yeah. so
1: it's not a time to say Hey, I'm gonna stop all physical exercise. I mean, the yoga that I do now is is quite restorative and and modified.
0: Do you do prenatal?
1: I haven't got around to prenatal yet. I kind of, I kind of,
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Well, I kind of do my
1: own prenatal in vinyasa because it's the yoga classes that I attend now is more whatever fits my schedule Mm, because you know I have to. Usually, it's in the morning. Yeah, yeah, you usually got to take Jordan to school and and can't be after hours because he needs me and so i'm just kind of limited to what's um
0: fits your schedule what
1: fits my schedule and the time and you know i appreciate every class that i get to go to now and you know knowing that my body is still strong enough to get my right. get myself there Um and it feels good to just even you know stretch or do one one sun salutation yeah. and I, I know that that's good for my body and yeah, every, every class I get to go to, I'm grateful as the weeks go by.
0: Would you recommend that mummies ma- still keep moving and still keep exercising even up to like
1: yeah, a well, week with, before, Yeah, with know? Jordan, I was probably exercising or not like, not like walking and doing a few stretches probably the day before I went yeah. into labour. So just, I think they say that walking can help bring labour on. Mm. So you, if you're in those final days, just walk, just walk and keep moving around and stretching it out. jumping jacks. <laughs> yeah. Heel sprints. Hill sprints. <laughs> yeah, so I've, okay. I've been walking a lot. I usually walk into school Yeah. if it's not raining. Uh, so I'll, I'll treat that as, you know...
0: Your exercise for a, the day. Though.
1: Yeah, something active that I've done that day. Mm. Walk into school, I spend time with him and I'm also moving my body mm. I'm starting to move walk slower, waddle uh, but <laughs> in a very waddle, attractive yeah. way yeah, I'm
0: sure <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: but yeah so I'm just trying to keep keep active and keep moving so that my body is strong to actually deliver the baby
0: yeah. okay cool yeah. <laughs> any other final words?
1: no I think that's it
0: okay cool well uh, thanks for being on it thanks for sharing all the stuff that you shared it was great talking to you I <laughs> had fun uh, how can people reach you if they want to follow you on Instagram or uh,
1: if they
0: have any tips they want to message you about I guess IG right
1: yeah th- I think it's Nicole Chu 9 I think okay. <laughs> I'll
0: put it in the description yeah. at the bottom
1: okay. okay thanks for having me
0: yeah and we're done <laughs>
1: thank you
0: just a nice so like almost buried. so we've come to the end of today's episode I hope you enjoy listening to it uh, if you like what you hear share it with your friends as always feel free to repost it on your IG tag me tag the mostly yoga IG account I realise if your account is private and you tag people and I won't be able to receive it but just you know I never knew I thought you would at least get a message but it like, turns out you don't uh also, if you want to support the podcast, feel free to donate to my coffee coffee page. The link is in the description. Otherwise just go to coffee.com slash mostly yoga. K-o-fi.com slash mostly yoga to show your support. Thank you very much. Also, um, uh, to to all the potential mommies out there, to all the new mommies, the future mommies out there. Uh, like what Nicole said, it's it's gonna be a tough time. You know, at the start, at the beginning of it, when you first have this new thing in your life, and uh, you know, when you're when you're mel- when you're milking, when you're feeding your baby milk, when you're feeding, right, when you're feeding your baby milk in the middle of the night, or when she's or he or she's, when you're up in the middle of the night, like what she fucking said just now. Um, know that you're not alone; that there are other mommies out there doing the same thing, dealing with the same thing. Uh, and, you know, find that support system. It's it's always, it's there, you know, people will help you. Uh, there's a strong mommy community in home yoga. If you happen to practice there, just chat up with the, you know, with Nicole, with Murdin, Diana, Jamie, they all like to gather together and like celebrate their, their kids' like birthdays or whatever. I always see pictures of them doing stuff together on Instagram. Yeah, feel free to reach out to them if you need like help or I don't know, advice. They clearly know more than me. Uh, if you want to, you can reach out to me as well for some reason. If you feel like you are so inclined to do so, I don't know what much. I don't know what how much help I can be, uh, but I can definitely point you to the the right people. Right. Um, Yeah, uh, I hope you have hope you enjoyed it. Hope you have a, right. I like to just wish people well. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great day. Hope you hope, hope everything works out for you. Hope you have a good, whatever, good life. Um, that's all. And then until the next episode, when we get to, when you get to hear me again, when I get to do this again, just stay tuned. Um, that's it. Thanks and bye bye